Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Welcome inside the studio as we continue to talk about the beautiful game from American perspective. Like you said, he's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn. Welcome to Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. For those of you listening uh, live here on Spreaker.com, thank you so much. Remember, you can check us out on Sports Radio America on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern. And you can listen to us on demand anytime on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, and on Spreaker right here as well. And Simon, where can they find us on social media? Social media, we're face on Facebook at Two Up Front. Twitter, we are Two Up Front at Two Up Front Soccer. Of course, you're at Baxter Colburn, and I'm at Simon Provan. Indeed, and just as of recently, this last week, we are now on Instagram as well, and we are Two Up Front Soccer as well on Instagram. Simon and I are trying to get out some videos and pictures on a, a relatively daily basis, depending on what the life you know what life throws at us. You've got you know a family, I've got work, etc. So we do our best to, to stay interactive, but you never know what you're going to find with us. And then uh, you can also listen and watch the show on Periscope as well. So for those of you that are watching tonight, uh, Simon and I are not really really tan. We're just the lighting is really weird for some reason, and we look in- incredibly dark. I'm wearing a white shirt. And it looks like I have a black shirt on. And Simon <laughs> is basically gone. He's just completely disappeared next to me. I think a lot of people prefer it that way. It's, it, you know, it might be better for some of the listeners this way. So, exactly. <laughs> we both have the faces and the bodies for radio. And uh, that's why people love us so much, you know. But maybe that's why I didn't get into a television career. Hey, you never know. You never know with us. But a lot of exciting things coming up on the show today. Later on in the show, we will be joined by Vavil USA Soccer Division Editor Chris Blakely as he will be helping us decipher everything that has happened recently in the CONCACAF Champions League play. Group stages are underway, Simon, and the LA Galaxy continue to roll. The Seattle Sounders with a dramatic win last night. And then Chris will also fill us in on what the heck's been happening in the Cascadia region, especially with the Seattle Sounders. They can't seem to win a single game in league play. Although for the one they did... Just win for yes. nothing, but it's been a long time coming for exactly. that win. Exactly. Even just scoring a goal has been kind of a you know a few and far between. And then now recently they come from behind last night and grab a victory as well. So we'll be getting to Chris later on in the show. We'll be doing our weekly check-in with the EPL and some other exciting news happening around Major League Soccer. Our new power rankings are here. We'll have our predictions. And honestly, who knows? We talked about gumballs in depth two weeks ago. <laughs> 
I don't remember what it was last week, Simon. It was it was something. We tr- we, we we corrected ourselves quickly, but we we're like, we don't want another gumball episode, so we're going to stop. But uh, we were at Moran's Pub last week, though, Simon. That was fantastic. We did a live broadcast from Moran's Pub in South Milwaukee for any of you. What are, Milwaukee night? What what are you Milwaukeeans? Milwaukeeans, yeah. okay, because yep. it's Wisconsinites, but it's Milwaukeeans. Right. Yep. So any of you Milwaukeeans, or even just in the surrounding Chicagoland area, if you're ever in South Milwaukee, Moran's Pub, take a look at it. It's a great place to to grab a pint, as they would say, across the pond, and take in some sports action. So we had a great time with James Moran and uh, Lottie Ziba as well. So. And listen for big updates for Moran's Pub. It'll be the newest soccer pub in the Milwaukee yes. area come October. So we'll keep you updated on that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yep. You can go and check out that. They have a Facebook page and a Twitter, too, so you can go check out all of their happenings as well and their, their new decor that they're adding. But uh, this week, Simon, we have a, a new guest on the show. Uh, he's debuting on the show. Probably the biggest thing he's ever done with his career. <laughs> Someone that um, you know is just a, a small name, an up-and-comer in the soccer world. No, that's that's completely irrelevant. We are the ones that are lucky enough to have him come on very, the show. Very, very honored today, uh, yes. I'll let you give the introduction, Simon. So this is a man that many of you have seen on ESPN. He's called a number of World Cup games during a number of World Cups. Uh, he's been on Fox Sports 1. He hosts his own radio show down in Houston. Uh, back in the day of Fox Soccer Channel, you saw him call a lot of games on there as well. He also had a, a television show for that. Uh, he calls the Houston Dynamo games on Root Sports. Uh, very, very honored again to welcome to the show Mr. Glenn Davis. Glenn, how are you tonight? Simon Baxter, thanks very much for coming on. Excited to talk with you guys. Absolutely, Glenn. It's the, the honor is all ours, sir. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, shedding a little bit of soccer knowledge with the rest of us. So uh, for some of us, uh, hypothetically those that have lived under a rock the last 20 years and haven't paid attention to the soccer world, just give us a little background about what you do right now, Glenn, and just kind of how you've made your journey in the soccer world. Yeah, I was a kid growing up in New Jersey and played soccer in a lot of ethnic areas there, had a great youth coach, went to a lot of the New York Cosmos games back in the day when you know Giant Stadium had 50,000 people and I was watching Franz Beckenbauer and all these oh my stars, Filet, Kinalia. Um, and, um, you know, I had a brother that played and was drafted in the NASL. And, you know, these were all the influences that took me into this beautiful sport that's afforded me a, a lifetime of just amazing enjoyment. Um, played in college on a scholarship, uh, ended up playing in the American Soccer League, the USL uh, in, in the 80s and uh, Indoor League. And then um, kind of transitioned out of it, spent 15 years in the youth game doing player development, and then one day got an opportunity to call some indoor soccer games on Fox and have just sort of got encouragement from people and just uh, really carved out a career in radio and TV that, you know, I didn't go to college where I got a business degree. Hmm. And uh, started radio shows and have written columns for the Houston Chronicle and just really felt there was a need for this in this country and just kept pushing the envelope and going after it, and here we are today. That's incredible. Why do I, just as a side note, why do I feel anybody that goes to college to get a business degree never works in business? Like <laughs> The last like 20 people I've met, they've all been like, oh, I got a business degree. Oh, what do you do? I'm a nurse. What? Like It, just, it doesn't make sense, but I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find a, a different business in the soccer world, though, Glenn. Well, you know, the irony is like, I started on a full scholarship at Boston University, which has one of the best radio TV programs in the country. <laughs> um, That's fantastic. I never got into it. 
It's not for everybody, honestly. That's that's a very true statement, I think, for a lot of people. You know, it's interesting. It. I, I, and I think I, I think sometimes, you know, I, I always look at how I got into television and I transitioned from an analyst to play-by-play, and I always think, you know, the way that this happened organically and being taught and by watching other people, it's just a different way to... It's just a different way to get into it. Um, and it doesn't always have to be the college route, you know. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going by the, the laws of, of, of an RTV program at a university. I was just learning firsthand from people, making mistakes, being fortunate enough to get opportunity, learning from them, and, and continuing to try and get to be the best, you know, try to do your best. I mean, at this point now, I still... I'm trying to get better, and I feel I can be I can be better as a commentator and in, in presenting games and things. Well, I think that's a great lesson for anyone dedicated to is you can always be better. You know, it goes it goes back to the old uh, idea too. Like when I was playing college soccer, as our coach would always say, "When you're not practicing, somebody else is." Yep, exactly. Means they're getting better. Um, Glenn, what I'm really interested in is. And I'm not trying to age you here, but you grew up in a time where there were, wasn't such a thing as podcasts. You know, <laughs> Baxter and I have this Wait, great, great thing where uh, we've got this internet company that's behind us, Sports Radio America. Uh, but, you know, you were doing this at a time where you basically had to do it all yourself, if I understand your history correctly. And I'm, I'm curious how you made that jump into radio and, and how you made it grow. If you could give us a little background on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you would like me to take you back into the 70s, you, me, and Baxter can all head to my parents' house. They still live in it. They're 89 <laughs> years old. We'll take a step back into the, the 70s, and I kid you not, it, it, it pretty much is that. We still have a dial a dial phone in that house. Oh, my and gosh. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, my parents have totally resisted any sort of technology. Um, <laughs> Do they at least have cell phones? Which is, pretty amazing it's, it's it's pretty amazing but, oh my gosh yeah so you know i was doing um the initial year of um mls in 96 and you know every day i get in the car and i hear sports talk radio and i'm like oh hey we got to do this for soccer i mean we we got to get the debate going we got to start to grow the the, the the healthy pressure and and engage people to talk and debate more about the sport and um I figured out that uh, I could get it on public radio because it fit the mission statement of the of the radio station. So, lo and behold, for for many many years, where I learned how to do radio was was on a public radio station. Uh, obviously, no commercials. I used to do these fifteen minute interviews with Bruce Arena, and you know, of course, you could get all these guys back then yeah. in '96 because everybody was seeking attention out. You know, right. I mean, when I played in the '80s, we were trying to hang from trees to get people to pay attention to us. <laughs> Um, you know, we were on the front page of the paper in Houston once when we got to a league championship. So uh, that's kind of really where I sort of honed it. And, I, and what I wanted to do was prove out that there was an audience. And I was there a couple of years, got better at it, learned how to improve my interviewing skills, uh, went out, got some some sponsorship dollars, uh, around $15,000. Um, and I went into Clear Channel Radio. And... You know, hey, it's great. You know, we, yeah, yeah, we see on TV a little bit. It's great. And didn't really seem very interested in having a soccer program. And then I said, I, I looked at the gentleman and I said, well, I have $15,000. He looks at me and he goes, you have a radio. 
Wow, it's, so it's that simple then. Okay, that's, I'll take notes so on I that. So I learned a, a real lesson. But I was very proud that I took the show into mainstream radio now because, of, of course, now the reach would be a lot bigger and I'd really have an opportunity to prove out the, the audience. So um, shined a light on a lot of people involved in the local game, but also talked about the international game in MLS. And, you know, was there a number of years, and then ESPN Radio got me to go over to their station, and they were actually uh, doing a lot of the World Cup games on radio. You know, if you remember, not this past World Cup, but the one before. Yep. It was it was watershed moment for World Cup on radio. Yeah, I remember listening to some of those games. Everybody was getting in their cars, right, and listening to. Yeah, I thought that was even in as far as technology has come for the the 2010 World Cup. That's how I was able to catch. Uh, that's how I caught Landon Donovan's iconic goal against Algeria. Was I listened to it on the radio, and I was even shocked when I turned the radio on. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to just take a gamble and see if it's on." And sure enough, it was. And thankfully, I turned it on at the right time because I turned it on about 30 seconds before the goal. But <laughs> it was it was well, it, like you said, it's, yeah. you just don't hear it anymore. Well, they were stunned. They were stunned that they got these types of numbers. And, and really, uh, where I am now, um, you know, they treat the sport seriously. They're, they're very respectful to me and my show. I get a lot of great support there. Um, I come on other shows that are mainstream shows. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about something mainstream, and then they'll segue me into soccer for little hits and stuff. So it's all good. We, I, I have a tremendous listening base and great callers. And as you guys know, uh, uh Lots of people in a lot of different forms and fashions from a lot of different places want to talk soccer or, or football, maybe in this country. Exactly, which is great to see the growth from you know from when you and Simon started off at, at a young age. Even for myself, I'm not I'm I'm close in age to you guys. I don't want to make you guys sound like you're that old, but even from <laughs> from the growth that I've I've seen over the last, I tried to be nice about that. As as uh, the growth I've seen in the last even just five to ten years has been exponential. Like when I was a kid growing up. You, you laughed at when you heard, oh, I follow Major League Soccer. Well, what's that? You know, you didn't follow it. And then when I was in high school, I started following a guy named Taylor Twelman. I'm like, oh, this guy seems like he knows what he's doing. And he, he and Landon Donovan are the reason that I fell in love with the game and, you know, I've played it for so long and continue to talk about it. So the, it was the, the key figures in American soccer that, at least for me, is why I, I follow soccer so closely now. And that, Glenn, that's something I'm interested to hear from you is that, as you said, you've been with MLS since 96, since the first kickoff. I've been watching it since then. Uh, you've also have been, uh, you know, in a town that was awarded the, the Houston Dynamo, you know, when they, when they relocated from San Jose. Um, can you explain to me, being more in the game than outside the game, the growth that you've seen, um, not just you know with attendance and whatnot, not just with the stadiums, but but perhaps the professionalism of the game where it's at today versus where it was in '96 and versus where it was when you were playing. Well, if you go back to the '80s when I was playing, I was in the American Soccer League, the USL, and yeah, things were quite different. I mean, nobody even ever had a conversation about uh, a stadium being built specifically for the sport of soccer. So. You know, we played in high school stadiums. We played in, you know, NFL stadiums, the Pontiac Silverdome, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, or Citrus Bowl. Um, you know, outdoor soccer was just trying to hang on. My timing wasn't very good for it. Um, but there were still a lot of very good players hanging around. And uh, the indoor game, in fact, in some ways uh, eclipsed 
um, the outdoor game uh, at that point. I played a little indoor, but it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was totally different. I mean, we used to practice at Houston Baptist University here in Houston, and we'd be in the locker room after training, and, you know, it's 90-something degree heat. It's not easy training down there, as yep. you guys know. And yeah. You know, some guy would come in the locker room, hey, you guys get out of the showers. The rockets are here. They need the locker room. Oh, know? wow. You know, we walked by Hakeem Elijahwan and, oh, and Ralph Sampson, and, you know, they'd be getting out of their big, long Mercedes Benzes, and, <laughs> you know, Glenn Davis would jump into his Volkswagen Rabbit that was about five years old and hopefully had enough oil in it, you know? Wow. Right. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, the city where I am has changed, but, but everything, the infrastructure, um, you know, we, we, we always, the one thing that remained the same is we flew commercial, but, um, you know, these were pioneers, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, some of these guys, great pioneers remained in the game, became organizers, became builders, became coaches, um, you know, a first team I'm on, I'm playing with the captain of Hungary. I mean, wow. you know, here's, here's a man that's seen it all, and now he's, you know, playing in front of 4,000 people and, you know, just trying to continue to extend his career. So very different, um, very different, but makes me appreciative of, of all that has happened. And um, just, you know, privileged to be a part of the whole thing. You know, I've met so many amazing people in the sport. Right, intelligent people in this sport, and that's you know that's the thing that I always go back to when when I am talking to someone like a Baxter who who wasn't <laughs> there for all the uh, the darker days of soccer in this country. There's been multiple references, Glenn, during the show where he says something, and I'm like, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know we 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 do look at like the founders as far as the players in MLS. You know, uh, Tab Ramos, Alexi Lalas. Uh, John Harks, of course, all those all those guys that were in the '94 World Cup that that came back. But I, I loved what you were saying, and this is what I tried to explain to to the younger generation as well. Is you know, all credit to these guys for coming home and, and launching this league. But there are so many people before them as well that kept this game alive. Whether it was the outdoor game, whether it was the indoor game, as you said, I've I had two other brothers that played professionally um, with a couple of indoor teams, including the, uh, the Milwaukee Wave here. Uh, it's sure. it's really, I wish there was more coverage of the game just so we could go back and see the wonderful history that was there in the 70s, in the 80s, after the dark days of the NASL. Um, but I don't know how to segue into this any other way than to say one of the stories I'd, I'd like you to share talking about some of the dark days, more like dark closets. <laughs> I, I We've talked before in the past, Glenn. I'd love you to tell the story about the 2002 World Cup and you calling the game okay. and what exactly was going on around you. Uh, okay. Well, before I do that, let me just say this about, you know, ASL, USL, all these leagues, and what you call our dark days. You may think it was dark days, but when you're a young man like I was, you weren't in the midst of dark days. I'm playing with the captain of Hungary. I'm yeah. playing with the first guy in England. I'm living large. I'm not making a lot of money. But I'm living large in my world as a 22-year-old. Living the dream, yeah. So although it was dark days in comparison to where it is now, um, they were amazing days. Sure. You know, I I had to cover Teofilo Kubias. Yeah, okay, he's 36 years old. The guy could still play. Right, right. He was a World Cup legend. 
I mean, these are moments that, you know, you, you're, you're just incredibly fortunate to have the opportunity and the challenge. Um, so although it's considered dark days and timing wasn't great, it's easy to reflect on that now. They, they were all wonderful, great experiences. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't care about money until when I, you know, I'm 38 years old. I go, geez, I got to have something here. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, yep. Life is moving on pretty fast. Because I was running a youth club, I wasn't getting paid a lot of money, but I just so enjoyed what I was doing, setting up programs, taking teams to Mexico, setting cooperatives up with Atlas and Guadalajara and Monterey. And then one day I woke up, it's like, wow, I, I, I do probably need to think a little bit more financially here. But um, to get to the story of the 2002 World Cup, so yeah, so this was a big deal for me because it was my... 98, I did some analyst work for Fox, but 2002, I was actually, you know, going to be one of the commentators and, and a play-by-play man, which I transitioned into. And, you know, we're doing it out of a studio in Bristol, Connecticut, on the campus of ESPN. And the first game is Shep Messing and I, and I can't remember what game it was. But, uh, you know, we're kind of downstairs in our booth, and upstairs is the production facility. And, you know, we hear this boom, boom, boom. Boom. And I mean, it's like rattling the, the place we're in. And we're like five minutes to kickoff. And I said, uh, and he pushed the talk back to talk to the producer. I said, hey, there's all kinds of noise down there. I know what's going on. And we look out in the hall and there's guys like knocking down a, you know, knocking down a uh, drywall and stuff and working on this thing. And I'm like, hey, guys, the World Cup is on in five minutes. You, you think you lay off the sledgehammer for a little while, you know? And You pulled out your jersey on that one, right? Talking. Yeah. So it, <laughs> It, it you know it kind of puts it all in perspective. Here you are working on the biggest event, and yet you know there's people banging on the walls. <laughs> no respect for the game. Come on, Glenn. This is ridiculous. But you know, listen. Um, a lot of the way of the world now is, is calling games off monitors or off tube, as they call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a number of the games at the Women's World Cup this summer was that way. It just makes a ton of financial sense. Sure, sure. And yet again, going back to the growth. Uh, you know, it's great to see like this last World Cup where they where they had their studio on site. It's um, a beautiful studio. I'm, I'm sure not all the games. Oh, were... Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was know. in Vancouver, so I was down around that set a couple times, and uh, I called a couple of games in BC Place, and then some from the IBC there. But it was an amazing investment from Fox. Um, I mean, the numbers bored out. Uh, I think ESPN deserves credit too because. They lifted the bar in their final men's World Cup at the time. And I think that, in turn, that competition raised the bar for Fox. So, I mean, this is what we've always wanted with soccer, isn't it? You know, people paying for rights and 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 driving each other to be competitive, to, to improve broadcasts every single time. Yeah, and of course we want to see that continue with MLS, but we know we just saw NBC pay nearly a billion dollars for their uh, next six years of covering the Premier League. I mean, that's NFL money you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and it's going towards the world's game, which is a beautiful thing. Pretty incredible. So, Glenn, I want to thank you so much again for taking some time out of your busy schedule. I understand you are calling a game tomorrow night? Tomorrow night we have a national broadcast here on... uh Fox, which is uh, Houston against Seattle, and a lot of the Women's World Cup players are here, so excited to do that, and then MLS down the road, and uh, more and more stuff, so it's all fun, but I, Simon, I appreciate it, and Baxter, thank you very much for, for having me on tonight. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. You're welcome on the show anytime.
Good night, guys. Thank good, you. Good, good night. night, Glenn. Thank you. Glenn Davis, uh, a good friend of the show now, a uh, man that is known for his commentary with ESPN and Fox Sports and uh, the Houston uh, Dynamo, and just a fantastic soccer career overall from him. So such a great opportunity to be able to chat with him, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on, on the show again in the future. So we're going to go to a break. When we come back, Vavil USA's soccer editor Chris Blakely will be joining the show to talk about the Seattle Sounders. They finally won a game, Simon, and they finally won a game in Champions League play they, as well. They brought it down to the last minute, so, but they won. Brad Evans, he looked mad. I saw a picture today. He looked like real mad, but we'll see. Well, the keeper kicked the ball at him after wow. he scored his goal. I, I guess that would make me <laughs> mad, too. I don't know. But we're going to talk to Chris when we come back, so don't go anywhere. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Welcome back inside the studio for all, for all of you that are watching on Periscope. Hello. Hello, hello Periscope hello. people. Hello, Periscopians is what I call them. Oh, I don't know go. if that's the, the proper Periscope. Periscope I? Periscope I? Periscope then I don't know. Bubblegum. <laughs> exactly. Mm, so much fun. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for those of you that are watching on Periscope. For those of you that are listening on Sports Radio America, remember you can listen to us on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern, and you can also listen to us on Live 365 and tune in. And then anytime you want to listen to the show, whether you're out on a walk, whether you're taking a shower, whether you're laying in bed, and you just want to, hey, I want to listen to two up front. Well, you can by listening to us on demand on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com as well. And then social media, you can find us where, Simon? You can find us on Facebook at Two Up Front. We're also on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. We also have at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. We're also on Instagram. Which is uh, Two Up Front Soccer as well. There we go. Nice nice and easy for you. Uh, for those of you that are diehard listeners of the show, you're probably like, what the heck? They didn't do a 50-50 segment. Well, we're taking a week off this week. We wanted to spend a little extra time with our guest that we had on last segment, which Simon wanted to wrap up yeah, with. Yeah, you know, Glenn Davis, uh, We it was really a huge honor for us to have him on. I mean, he's he's the first really true nationally known guest that we've had on the show. So just an extra special thank you to Glenn. One thing that I didn't get to say on air that I, I was going to tell Glenn, but of course, it's just like an argument, you know, you walk away going, oh, that's what I should have said. <laughs> um, I would have had him with that one. You know, Baxter, when you first approached me about doing the show yes. together, um, Glenn Davis has always been in the back of my mind in that I interviewed him when I was going to grad school. I covered soccer for the Daily Texan down at the University of Texas. And I had the pleasure of interviewing Glenn back in 2007. And he told me his story about going on air on 
PB or not PBS, but the uh, <laughs> NPR. The yeah, the NPR station or the, the, the public. That's what I should have asked him if he had say. a good NPR voice. <laughs> well, the public, the public station that they had down in Houston, um, and you know, he said he said then, and this was even 2007. This yep. really was before podcasts were a big thing that was oh, just absolutely. starting to get known. But he had said then that you know he's not there to. Comp- really compete with anybody he is there to help and the way this game is going to grow is all of us helping each other um and he wanted to get soccer to the forefront of the sports media and he took it upon his shoulders to do that that has stayed with me since 2007 so now what is it 2015 you really don't let things go wow no but in a good way in a good (laughs) way of course so that was one of the things when you asked me to do this i thought man this is this is exactly the kind of thing glenn would do this is this is what he would have done and uh i'm just thrilled that he decided to also come on the show and and basically didn't he didn't just talk the talk he walked yep. the walk he said look I'm, I'm here to support people I give him a buzz it, you know it took a few weeks to get this together but but he took time and lived up to his word that he's here to support us and that's exactly what it is he came exactly. on the show and talked for 20 minutes and that's how great relationships start and that's why we respect Glenn for who he is and remember if, if you're watching the national broadcast tomorrow night uh, Houston takes on Seattle in the NWSL he said he's got a lot of uh, ex- or was it no I'm sorry was it is it men's or women's I don't remember what it is but uh, either way there's a, a soccer game that he's calling on Fox Sports tomorrow night I, I thought he said women's but Trying to check my schedule here so I don't sound completely stupid on the air, but it's, we're long past that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Pretty sure it's nineteen a wi- shows I'm ago. Pretty sure, exactly. Pretty sure it's a women's game. Yeah, Portland is uh, is taking on Houston in Portland. So yes. that, that is the NWSL. So NWSL. Game. So you've got like, the larks. Uh, the, the larks. The likes of. I, I swear English some days, Simon. I don't know. That's why you, I'm not. You an can't actor. English sometimes. That's why right? I'm not an actor. That's why you are. That's why I'm in broadcasting. Not. Never mind. Right, anyway, right, right. Uh, you'll get people like Carly Lloyd. You'll get Megan Rapino and Hope Solo and a lot of those other uh, exciting ladies. Meanwhile, the U.S. women's team just dominating Costa Rica. Oh, my goodness. It was... You know, I was out to eat with my family last night and looked up at the score in the 44th minute, and it was 6-0. <laughs> but it's Costa Rica, though. Women's national team, they're not very good. Men's national team, they're, they're making a name for themselves. Yes, they are. The yes. women, and honestly, some of the goals that, that were scored were not very impressive. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I could have saved that. But it's such a high class of finishers for the United States. It's almost too much, you know? And, right. And that's right. a debate you can have a whole other time of how much attacking power the U.S. has, but it was great to see them as they're on their victory tour. I think it's awesome that they're going to Birmingham, Alabama for one of their games. They were just in Pittsburgh this last weekend, and they're going to Birmingham. I didn't know they like soccer in Birmingham. I thought it was the, all the, about the men's the team has played tide. there a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's that's the Southeast. Yeah, it's that's a big college football hotbed. Yeah. And soccer keeps trying to make its way there. I mean, obviously, oh, you got Orlando down in Florida. You got Atlanta United FC starting up. USC. <laughs> we'll have David Beckham United or David FC or Beckham, whatever it is. I mean, might as well just call it DBFC and just call it a day. But who knows? But anyway, uh, we want to transition now to another guest on the show, a good friend of the show, uh, Vavil USA's soccer division editor, Chris Blakely. Uh, he uh, loves all things MLS. Uh, he's helped with the growth of NWSL as well on Vavil USA. And uh, he, we'll, we'll, 
I don't want to say the name of the team you support, Simon, because I don't want you to quit the show. Oh, that's okay. There's that, that team out west that is not Portland <laughs> or Vancouver, but is in Cascadia as the team that he covers extensively for Vavil USA. But we won't hold that against each other. So Chris and I'll, Simon, I'll, I'll, try I'll not with, to fight too much. I'll go with this. It was Champions League. I support any MLS team in Champions Fair League. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. So with that being said, Chris Blakely, we'd like to welcome you to the show, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, Kinda man. I feel... Uh, I got to follow up from Glenn. That's uh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was just you know the 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 opener for you. You know that was we we wanted oh, to okay, make sure okay. you felt extra special. Well, now when I drop the ball, we'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And to uh, answer your question, I you know hearing you guys talking about soccer tomorrow and the NWSL, the Seattle Rain going down to Houston playing on Fox Sports One, and then. For Univision, it's the Houston Dynamo going to Portland Timbers for gotcha. that. Okay, yeah, we were because so. he was like, "Yeah, Houston and Seattle," and he didn't say the names and he didn't say the gender either. And I was like, "I, I think it's NWSL," because he's like, "There's a lot of U.S. players on the team." And I was racking my brain. I'm like, "Houston's got Demarcus Beasley and Seattle's got Clint Dempsey. Um, that's not a lot." Yeah. But then I then I thought about it. Well, more. they got they got Dempsey and Brad Evans. On not I that. mean, I suppose. Brad Whatever. Evans, he's hey, he's been one of the few bright spots, I will say. Yeah, um, for, yeah. Simon yeah. is he's very been... critical of the U.S. men's national team, but he has liked Brad Evans. Well, I'm talking about for Seattle. He's been one of the bright spots. That's true, especially last yeah, night. He's, yeah, Evans, he's been uh, he's been pretty huge. You know, uh, for those of you out there that don't know, he's moved around a lot since his time in Seattle. He was asked to partner next to Chad Marshall this year at center back and. Looked great first game, second game. Everybody wanted to run him out of town, but ever since <laughs> then he's been well. And then you know Seattle goes in and brings in you know Roman Torres. And, I love the hair. You know he's there. Oh yeah, that's great. I wish I could grow hair. I try to do that myself. <laughs> for those of you that don't but, know, Chris, uh, yeah, Chris is bald. But for those that don't, yeah, know. <laughs> sadly, I blame my father. Uh, but, um, <laughs> bad genes. Or my wife and my daughter. Either or. Hey, there you, you know, go. Choose yeah. your poison. Mixture. But no. Um, <laughs> so you know, after they brought in Torres to partner with Marshall, they you know asked him, "Hey, guess what? You get to move again." And it's actually been you know he's played two games there now, uh, more of the central defensive midfielder, kind of sitting in front of the back four occasionally getting forward you know they're, they're missing Aussie right now they're missing a few they're still missing a few players so that, that's the reason he's the captain of the Sounders he may not like it but he'll still do it and as Ziggy said the other day he'll do what's best for the team and you know that's why I can't that, that's why I love the guy exactly yeah you can't you know even even as a Timbers fan Chris I I've always respect, respected Brad Evans just for what you're saying. I mean, he he does get moved around a lot. You never hear him complain about it. Yeah. You know, I, I think he said a couple of times where he'd prefer to play, but he's also he's not there for himself. He's there for the team. Exactly. And I think that's one big talking point about Brad Evans that fans really come to to like. I mean, I'm a I'm a New England Revolution fan, but I still respect Brad Evans because of his willingness to move around and not you know trash Ziggy Smith in the, in the news saying, oh he he moves me, he never plays me where I want. He's all about just trying to develop the team as a whole moving forward. But last night, Chris, uh, Brad Evans was the man of the hour. It was I, if if there's ever a time where a head coach looks like a genius for the substitutions he makes, it was last night because Brad Evans and Eric Freeberg both come on and both score and end up allowing the game to you know to obviously play out the way it did. Roman Torres came on for nine minutes, but that didn't he didn't do a ton. Um, talk about what you noticed in Seattle's game last night and just how you thought the, the team played out uh, as a whole. 
Well, uh, first things first, I missed about the first 10 minutes. So I, I did miss that opening goal. But once I saw on Twitter that, you know, they conceded a goal on a set piece, I really wasn't surprised. Mm. Uh, but after that, you know, honestly, Seattle, they dominated the, they pretty much dominated the game. I mean, it, they controlled possession. They, they did. doubled them up on 70% passes. They, to 30%. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just, it was incredible that to be, you know, I will be 100% honest with you guys. I did not expect that. You know, you're, you're playing a Central American team. They're, yep. That's what they're known for. Well, most teams, you know, I, I can't speak for them all, obviously. But they – I that shocked me when I saw that stat. But the, I think the – and then the second half, obviously, they're pushing forward. They're trying to get that goal, trying to get that goal. Finally get it off the Aaron Kovar, you know, long throw in in the 90th minute as one of the uh, uh, Olympia players is, you know, being stretchered off. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I got a whole uh, that that whole fiasco last night. I, I, I'm yeah. getting a little frustrated because um, you could see it even before the first half ended. They were already playing the stalling game. Let's delay the game. Let's you know try to get out of here with three points, and, which is and, not you know, easy it, to do in Seattle, honestly. Traditionally, well, in this year it has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. one thing we've talked about several times. It's the last Portland, eight or ten weeks. You know. <laughs> but uh no well played, um, well played. No, yeah it's, it, it, it's been horrible you know they've been going through a bad bad stretch and you know they're finally getting everybody back they got all these big signings they got a tough you know they played on sunday dominate orlando they played a tough game last night they got not an easy game against rsl on saturday then they have to go down to honduras and that's just going to be a nightmare mm. and then they finish up with the game on sunday with portland so at home against Portland. So it's a tough stretch, but getting back to last night's game, um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw, you know, originally Pineda was supposed to take that PK after Dylan Remick was taken down in the box. I was wondering about Um, that. Yeah. And I even noticed watching, you know, Pineda or excuse me, Evans went up to Pineda. Pineda, you know, gave him the chance, let him do it. Come to find out after the match, uh, he was going to give him the penalty. He said, you know, he's, he was on the board, the first one to take it. Four or five guys came over, told me, hey, no, Ziggy wants you to take it. So he did it. You know, he reached out to him after the game, explained the situation. But I think where it really, really gets interesting was prior to him taking that PK is how all the goalkeeper was, you know, delaying all the well, players. Just, just standing there in front of the ball for three minutes. Yeah, the goalkeeper. It, it, it was it was horrible. And then once they finally get everybody separated. Did they think he that the PK wasn't going to happen? Like, it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's what I was reading. Is a lot of people were thinking, you know, how does the guy not know the rules of the game? It's still going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You, you call know, a penalty it, kick. It, if you delay it 30 minutes, it's still going to happen. Exactly. And by the way, it was the correct call by the referee. It was. I very, yep. very rarely ever say that about CONCACAF referee, <laughs> yep. but it was the correct call. Especially, uh, let's, be, let's be honest, especially for an MLS team. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. Even better. The one thing I didn't agree with, I believe the the guy that took out Remick in the box was actually on a yellow. He should have got a second yellow, oh, in my yeah. opinion. Well, he scissored That's my him. Opinion. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I'll tell you what, and, Chris. When when I if I can just jump in real quick, when I, yeah. I I also have to give the ref a lot of credit. When I first saw it, uh, it actually didn't look like a PK to me because of the angle of the camera. But then when they zoomed in for the replay and I saw what happened, uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. But you expect in Concacaf for a ref. At that point in the game, to just say play on and yeah. not, not well, call exactly. anything. Well, exactly, and that's—I think that really surprised a lot of people, myself included, because I, I sat there and I was like, "Is he going to call?" Is he, you know, it was a good two, three seconds. Yeah, and yep. then he finally blew the whistle and was like, "Oh, okay, wow, they caught a break." But you know, 
great call by him. Granted, some of the other stuff he didn't call, but regardless, um, you know, he takes the, you know, Evans takes the peak, you know, takes the penalty and then does what he does. I obviously won't repeat what Brad Evans said to the keeper, but um, <laughs> he looked a little you know, upset. Then, yeah. After he scored. Yeah. And then, you know, he kicks the ball at him and then there's a scrum started. And I don't know if you guys have actually seen the video. Um, I actually wrote an article today about how CONCACAF needs to step in and levy some fines and sanctions from yeah, this match. That would be nice. Honestly. Um, I actually, I linked the video. It was from uh, another website that uh, I sounded at heart. Um, they got a video from somebody that was actually at the game, and they recorded the PK. And you can see one of their players, number four from Olympia, with when Evans has his hands up in the air with when him and the keeper are face to face. The guy takes two or three punches to Evans' ribs. Wow. Then on top of that, I believe it was number eighteen for the other team. I can't remember. It was kicking people. Then, as I'm watching the video, I see an Olympia player with the Concacaf bib on into the camera shot. I'm like, wait a minute. He's a bench player. He's not supposed to be on the field. Then after that, I see their coach. I believe his name's Hector Vargas. He's out there. And then it looks like that he, he, I don't want to say punch, but allegedly he took a, allegedly he took a shot at Lamar Nagel's face. So I'm sorry that that's just too much going on right there. They were very, you know, city Olympia was very unprofessional in my opinion. Yeah. I I know people say it's gamemanship to delay the game, but, I get it, you know, but that was just too too extreme. Well, and, too extreme. And, and let's be honest, you know, as much as we're applauding the ref, you know, for him not to get that keeper back in the goal during that three-minute delay. It's pretty straightforward. Is, I mean, there's a penalty also, kick. All right, who's taking the pick? Your goalie, get on your line. Like, you know, and he it's sees, not rocket exactly. science. You, you, see, and, you see the goalkeeper go up and touch the ball, and Brad Evans <laughs> kind of looks at him like, what are you doing? So Brad touches the ball kind of comically, and then uh, – the goalkeeper decides he's got to touch it again. You know, as a ref, you got to step in there and just say, "Hey, get on your line." But if you don't do that, this is what happens. They they feel they have permission then to just break out into a melee. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, yeah, exactly. There were he did let the if he would have if the referee would have controlled the game earlier in the match when it started to get a little bit more physical. I even tweeted out at some point in the game last night. I don't remember when, but. I just it just had the feeling that at the very end of the game it was going to be something dirty it was it was going to get dirty it was going to get nasty regardless of who won somebody was not going to be happy obviously because there was going to be some foul play involved in yeah that's no exactly kidding what happened um, and you know it, it's just I there was a few times that Olympia's players when when the Sounders keeper Troy Perkins was trying to quickly distribute the ball after getting it on a cross or whatever they impeded his progress. You know, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, the referee gave them yellow cards like they're supposed to. But it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. We see players do it all the time, but you don't touch the keeper. You might stand in front of him to slow it down a little bit. Sure. But these guys, they were just get. I've never seen a team play like that before. Yeah, and that's what... and that's a hard. That's the one of the main reasons why I have such a lack of respect for basically any Central or South American team. Honestly. Like the national teams are are getting better, but they're not great. And you see this type of stuff in Concacaf, and it's no wonder that nobody takes champions Concacaf Champions League play seriously, because you see this oh, kind exactly. of thing, and it's unprofessional. It sets a bad, it, it makes the team look bad. It makes you know Seattle, I guess, kind of look bad as well. But 
it just makes the organization look bad. And then, you know, you look at confederations like UEFA that are probably just sitting there going, well, look at those fools over in CONCACAF. They don't know how to play the but game. But that, that goes back to it. As, as UEFA comes down, it goes back to what you're saying, Chris, is is there there has to be penalties for exactly. this. Exactly. You know, whether it's whether it's making Olympia play their next home game in, in an empty stadium like you would see in UEFA. But you don't see that yeah. in CONCACAF. All you ever see is, uh, you know, an undisclosed, undisclosed amount of a fine has been levied against such and such team. I feel like it's not very much if it's ever undisclosed because when you have a big fine, people love talking about, oh, they've been fined <laughs> $1.5 million. Undisclosed means they probably were charged, you know, five bucks on a subway foot long. It's like, come on, like, it's really not uh, that hard. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm hungry. I don't know. But even still, like, it's ridiculous. Like, come on, guys. It's not rocket science, but apparently for CONCACAF, it is. Um, but I guess you have to be positive because Seattle won, so you have to take that. And MLS is undefeated in they Champions are. League. They at are. This DC point. United yeah. got a victory last night as well. They won one to zero against Arabe Unido, uh, so that was obviously a good thing. So I would love it. And then Tuesday night we saw the Galaxy continue to roll. Yeah, they won second, five zero. Their second five zero win in this, uh, which is in this tournament. Yeah. Well, if they were actually pitted against teams that were good. That was my thought, too. When I saw their group, I was like, this could go one of two ways. Well, I mean, I don't know what it is. This last 12 to 18 months, my favorite teams that I follow in this sport that I love, United States men's national team, United States women's national team, the Seattle Sounders, they're all put in the group of death. Is it me? I mean... What's going on? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that. I, I'm a Revolution fan, so I can only speak so much because we don't we're not good enough to make those tournaments, which is ridiculous. But anyway, um, well, it's true though. Uh, for the women, though, um, I'm, I'm I was never really worried about the women being put in the group of death. Yeah, it makes for better soccer, honestly, because it's going to push them. And I think that was the wake up call the women's team needed, which ultimately led to them winning. Uh, but for the men, obviously, too, uh, I think people love seeing the U.S. sweat. They love seeing them oh, fighting, you know, like, oh, look at the puny Americans. They're trying to become relevant. Oh, so cute. <laughs> like that's, I feel like that's how the rest of the world views American men's soccer. Women's soccer, they're like, mm-mm, we ain't going to even – we don't want to touch yeah, that. Exactly. No, that, scary. That, that's, a, that's a great point. But it is, um, it is true, Chris. It's, it's funny <laughs> what you're saying because, I mean, if you, if, if you do look at the CONCACAF Champions League groups, the Sounders do have the toughest one. You got Vancouver in there, and Olympia seems to always be in this tournament. Um, hmm. You know the the Honduras champion, <laughs> and they seem to put up, put up a good fight every year as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, you they're know? they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. They're yeah. only I believe they're the one of two teams that since Concacaf went to this new format, mm -hmm. they're one of two teams that have been in every single edition. There so wow, good for I them. mean, it's it, it's nothing. You know, they're they're a great team. And actually, I believe last year, I believe they knocked. They ended up beating Portland to knock them out. If I'm, I believe it was. I believe it was them sure. as well. Yeah. I think so yeah. Okay. yeah. When <laughs> Caleb, when know, Caleb to... Porter could have, uh, you know, easily won that, but yeah, he decided to. Uh, never mind. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll I was going to say, wasn't that something to do with Caleb Porter's <laughs> awesome when you coaching give up tactics? Two, two goals on the road in the first ten minutes oh. that makes it tough. But <sighs> you know, to, to to get back to the, you know, yeah, they they are leading. The, you know, the Sounders are leading their group, uh, Group F, I believe. They got four points out of, you know, possible six. Um, Vancouver's only played one match. Olympia's only played one. Sounders have played two. And after next Wednesday, it'll be three, two, and one. I mean, if somehow the Sounders, I'm not, I'm not even going to bank on them going into Honduras next Wednesday night. 
I'm not even going to wish for a win. Well, obviously, I'd wish for a win, but I'm not even going to expect a win. If you were a gambling man, you'd save your money, is what you're saying for that Exactly. I mean, I would be happy if Ziggy went out there and said, hey, you know what? Yeah, for about the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, we'll try to get that goal. If not, we're just going to sit back and defend because we know we're better than you. We already proved that. Because honestly, even with that reserve lineup he put out there last night, which a lot of people weren't happy for, about but it is what it is yeah that game could have easily been four to one sounders because kovar hit the bar twice right Ooh, yeah yep. he had this great curling kick late in the game that he had the keeper beat it was going in yeah yep and then yep. you know he stood on their keeper stood on his head i mean it would be a total different ball game but then they finished up with vancouver you know in september so it's not going to be easy but if they no. can somehow get you know, get through the and make it to the knockout stages for next year. I mean, hey, that's more allocation money. That just makes your team better. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, one thing I did want to say about the game, you, you touched upon it a little bit, is their keeper, Olympia's keeper, and I apologize for not knowing his name, he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, especially in the first half where the Sounders were, were cracking some good shots at him. They looked uh, like Sean Johnson against the Philly Union a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And obviously <laughs> Olympia came out real hot. They wanted that goal. They got it. Um, but man, you you said it best. He their their keeper stood on his head. Absolutely, kept well, them in uh, it. One other, <clears throat> sorry, one other question for you, Chris, just about the Sounders in general. Before we yeah. let you go, they've only won three out of their last twelve games <sighs> in league play. I'm sorry to to bring that up to you. I'm not. Uh, I know. <laughs> Simon's thrilled. Hey, New England's playing well, also. Uh, I'm not going to complain. Hey, we're going to catch you. Don't worry. Simon. Oh, I know. It's, it's only a matter of time. Just wait for it. But three of their last twelve, they've won. Um, they've gone on a three-game losing streak and then a five-game losing streak. To finish out the rest of the season, Chris, what what needs to happen for Seattle to 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 be a dominant in order to actually like not fall out of playoff contention? Uh, stay ahead of Houston. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, would you be no, content uh, honestly, with a sixth spot, honestly? Like just at this you know, point, right now, the way you know, as everybody's been calling it, the summer swoon, way July. Okay, middle of June, July, first week of August. I would be perfectly happy with sixth place right now. I don't care. But to be honest with you, they got a big game on this Saturday against Real Salt Lake. They haven't been playing their best. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, but that's still. If they can steal struggled. three points, that'll be huge. Exactly. And, and we've struggled at Rio Tinto for the last few years for whatever reason. Um, but I, I honestly, I think they have a great chance against them. Uh, then we, you know, we got Portland. They're always tough. It does. Portland could have no wins all year, and they, they, could, yep. they yeah, still, it's just one of those they, games. Exactly. Yeah, we Brax, Brax um, and I talk about that all the time. That no matter how bad know. Portland is, no matter how about Seattle is or Vancouver, we all know those Cascadia games. They they will say they're just another game, but we all it's we not. Can all no, it's, it's certainly they not. They get up for them big time. Absolutely. Well, it's, yeah. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. It's oh no, no problem. It, it, it's one of the. You know, I've done a Portland Portland away three times, Vancouver once. I don't. I've, that's the only away trips I've done, so I can't really speak. But it's the best soccer environment I've ever been in. Um, but they had. It's not an easy schedule either, though, because you know they still have to play Vancouver again, yep. who's a, who's just below uh, number one spot there. I think it's LA that's ahead of them. I'm so used to being at the top. I don't know who's above us. Yeah, it's LA, <laughs> Vancouver, Sporting, Portland. <laughs> you know, FC, obviously so. we have Sporting who got their, you know what, to them last <laughs> yes. night. Um, oh, you got gosh. Portland, 
you know, I don't even know who's right above us, to, to be honest. Um, yeah, FC um, Dallas. Yep, FC Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. Yeah. So, you know, they, I believe they still have a game against Dallas. They still have San, San Jose, who's been kicking our tail all year. Portland's tough. Vancouver's tough. We still have L.A. at home. We still have Houston. <laughs> yep. I mean, and then we play RSL the last. I mean, it's not going to be easy. No. But I, honestly, what is that, nine games left? Because I believe they played 25 out of 34. Yep. Nine games left. You can write it down, and you can call me later if I'm wrong. I see them going five two and one in their last night. Okay. Or sorry, five two and two. Excuse me. Five two and two. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, then that'll be good enough for the three seed. Okay. So they wouldn't have to worry about that buy-in game, I guess. Which those? Oh no, they will. They will have to deal with the buy-in. No, game. we'll have to. the The season will end on Sunday. Then we'd either have to play Wednesday or Thursday. And then if we were to win that, we'd have to play either Saturday or Sunday. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I would prefer number two. But at this point, I'll take number three. The rate that L.A. and Vancouver are going, though, I mean, good luck with that one, honestly. And I mean, even you know sporting what? as well. Well, yeah, but Portland's been doing quite well in their last 11 or 12 games. They've had a couple of losses. Um, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always, as bad as this sounds, Chris, I don't believe much in my club because I am not a big Caleb Porter fan. Yeah. I think he's been doing much better this season, but uh, – but I gotta give them to them. They've they've been doing well these these last, like I said, eleven or twelve weeks. They they had they had a swoon in there as well, but they seem to have picked up on that. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chris, we gotta let you go. Unfortunately, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to nice meeting you, to Chris. Join the show and uh, yeah, it's nice to actually talk to you. And well, not in person, but on the phone instead. Right. Of Twitter, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Chris Blakely is the soccer one of the soccer editors over at Vavil USA. Go check out their awesome content. You can follow Chris Blakely at the real Chris Blakely. I forget what your Twitter is. At at the real C Blakely. C Blakely. B-L-A-K-E-L-Y. I was so close. E L Y. The last uh, twenty or last yeah twenty four hours. So I got some pretty uh, interesting tweets on there. Go check them out. <laughs> um. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris. We look forward to chatting with you. Hopefully later on in the in the season once we know a clearer picture of where Seattle might be ending up. And just you never know. We always need a. It's always good to have a friendly voice pop on the show as well. So appreciate the, everything you do for Vavil USA and for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Chris. All right, we are going to go to a break. When we come back, Simon and I have uh, new power rankings out for you, and we also have uh, some EPL and MLS news, and just the, 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 the excitement continues to build. So this is another edition of Two Up Front presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Welcome back inside the studio. For those of you listening, remember you can catch us on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern on Sports Radio America and Live 365 and tune in. And then you can listen to us on demand anytime you want on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker.com, and on iTunes as well. So uh, in our last segment, we had the opportunity to chat with Vavil USA soccer editor Chris Blakely. We chatted about the CONCACAF Champions League Talked about the Seattle Sounders, trying to figure out what the heck's going on up in the Cascadia region, and just looking forward, just just barely to the playoffs. We don't want to talk too far in the forward, in the in the forward to to future in the five. I don't know. We don't want to talk that far ahead because Baxter is hungry and needs sleep. Apparently. Baxter, I'm glad you're the producer of the show. <laughs> great role I, model for I, me. I, yeah, I need to be behind the glass, <laughs> just like giving the thumbs up, like go Simon, you talk. I'm going to push buttons because that's apparently all I'm good at. <laughs> Oh, oh come on. You're you're doing a great <laughs> job. You're doing a great I'll never job. amount to anything. No, I'll be fine. I'm over it. Honestly. So how about that Tottenham Hotspur? Oh goodness. What about them? They're all over the place well, right now. Well, you know, it's 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 the typical. We see them up to nothing. Yes. In the first half. Yep. And then they give up two, two points and they end up with a 2-2 draw <laughs> against Stoke at White Hart Lane. Ugh. You know, I love Okay, for just half a second. If the EPL ended today. Leicester oh. City. Leicester City. is <laughs> in Champions League play. in Champions League play. <laughs> they are undefeated in the EPL right now. Undefeated. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what. For a team that before Christmas last season looked like they were for surely going to be relegated, mm-hmm. to then come back and, and survive. Yep. And then to start to see the season out with two wins, that that's impressive. Oh, absolutely. You have to commend that. I mean, they've done a... A good job thus far. Liverpool is in third. Uh, United is in four, and Everton is in fifth. Everton's in fifth. They're, they, st- they're still relevant for now. You know they they looked they looked fantastic uh, in their in their three zero win. Um, I got to watch most of that game. They just completely dominated that entire game. It was Which such a joy want. to watch. Absolutely. Um, you know I, I want to go back to Leicester real quick here. Please. I had said at the beginning of the season one of my predictions is that Sunderland will drop. And I had predicted last year that Sunderland would drop. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked they're still up. But uh, that was the first team that Leicester beat this season, 4-2. to two. And then, of course, they beat West Ham over the weekend, 2-1. to one. So, yep. And they're looking good, I have to say. They're, they're, they're playing well. They're moving that ball. They're playing all over the field. It's, it's definitely exciting soccer in Leicester through the first two games. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, um, yeah, we'll and, see what happens. And then Sunderland... Hasn't got a point yet. You know, two losses out of two games. Yeah. And not that I'm cheering against them, but you seem to just I, just, like I, just, I just want to be right. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, all that's it what it is. Okay. That's what You it know, is. I know, I know they lose millions of dollars if that happens, but. Yeah. Uh, and then you got your typical Swansea. They are a Premier League mainstay. They beat Newcastle United, who we got to see in preseason yep. in, uh, in Milwaukee. And Newcastle doesn't look impressive at all, by the way. No. But, you know, Swansea beating Newcastle 2 nothing. Not, yeah, that was That's uh, commendable. I that was, think. The, but that was. I'm sorry, that was a couple of weekends ago. My my apologies. It happens. But nevertheless, it's been it's been an interesting start to the season. Arsenal, you know, they started out like everybody hopes they wouldn't. They they drop a game and then they come back and they beat Crystal Palace two to one. That's Crystal Palace, though. But the game of the week, obviously, was. Uh, Manchester City and Chelsea. Yes. What a ridiculous game. Uh, you feel that Chelsea is going to continue to assert their dominance as the best team in the Premier League, and 
suddenly Manchester City's like, uh, no. <laughs> well, Jose Mourinho, one of the things he said he was concerned about was his lack of depth in the back, and that's one of the reasons they kept going after Stones well, at Everton. Is that? Well, he's he's trying to buy players. The problem is he's he's trying to buy players from a club that is not interested in selling a player. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I give Everton a lot of credit. They didn't want to sell uh, – uh, Martinez doesn't want to sell Stones because he is probably the best defender that he has. Yep. Uh, you know, Chelsea offered 43 million pounds. That's, that's a hefty price, and Ever, Everton being a club that is not one of the rich clubs – they could probably use that cash. Oh, yeah. But for them to say, no, we're holding on to this guy. It, it proves his worth. A, as a fan, too, that makes me excited because that means they're going for it. Exactly. They are fairly confident with the product that they have. So, so you know, we'll so and going back to the Chelsea idea that they're, they're lacking depth in the back, well, we see that when they lose to a team like Manchester City. Exactly. Three to zero. And that's not to say Manchester City isn't a good team, just for the fact that that's a team that Chelsea can usually obviously hang with and a lot of times beat. In fact, yeah. I think that may have been City's uh, first win over Chelsea in quite a while. I, to my knowledge, it really, I think I believe it has been. So, like you said, Chelsea's got a, a depth issue on the defensive line, so they go out and sign an attacker. Right, of course sense. they do. They go out and sign Pedro from Barcelona for uh, 30 million pounds, um, which is about $60 million because pounds are two to one. Usually, I think is how yeah, it, around there, somewhere yeah. in there. Like, um, so the 28-year-old has come up and uh, is excited for his new opportunity with Chelsea, and I think that with Pedro and Eden Hazard and Ramirez and Willem, and they've got all kinds of attacking options, which is great. But like we see with the U.S. Uh, women's national team, you almost can—it's almost a bad thing to have too many options because how do you get them all on the field? How do you keep them all happy? That's we, right. We hear rumors of Eden Hazard, you know, maybe going to another club because he wants, you know, to be the focus, the focal point of the attack. And you hear all different kinds of rumors on, for players that are on teams like a Real Madrid or a Barcelona because you've got all those players that are so talented. How are you supposed to, to you know, to get enough playing time because you want to be successful in your career? But if you're not getting the ball, soccer is a, a one-ball sport. There's not, not, not there's not seven or eight guys, you know, trying to shoot at the goal. It's one guy. That's right. So, and Pedro's an attacker. He makes his living off of quality passes and goals. Right. So now he's going to even he's cutting Hazard's opportunities to score goals. He's cutting anybody else that is a, a quality attacker for Chelsea. So I, I don't mind the move, but I don't think it was needed. Yeah, I, I don't think it's needed at all. I mean, you know what boggles my mind a bit is that you're going after stones you're unsuccessful with that why don't you start trying to bid on another defender elsewhere yeah uh, just to clarify of... by the way that was 30 million euros so oh, it's actually sorry. less than that when, uh, when right. you I'm translate sorry. it 30 million into... euros 21.4 million pounds. pounds yeah i'm sorry yeah. i got my my symbols mixed so up. it's probably it's a it's about 32 million dollars then when when you look at it yeah that's uh, a hefty amount regardless yeah yeah, it sure is for a club that doesn't need no, they really more don't. offensive power. Uh, well, first of all, why would you leave Barcelona if you're an attacker? You get the opportunity to play with some of the best in the world. You've got Messi, you've got Neymar, and you've got Luis Suarez that you're working alongside. Yes, but you know he wasn't playing much over there, and mm -hmm. I know he was he was getting frustrated. Yes. Pedro was over at Barcelona, so you know you, you get to a point where you've made so much money. It doesn't really matter anymore. What you want to do is play the game. Exactly. No, it's true. You want to play the game and. I guess he'll start. He'll probably start at Chelsea. I would think so. Or he'll be a, a consistent squad rotation player. I, I would think that if he was growing, growing frustrated with not getting uh, first-team minutes, 
at one club, he would he yeah. would hopefully be getting them at the club You'd he's going think. to. Yeah, because he I, still has to give the thumbs up to the transfer. I thought he had. No, he did. He did. Yeah, he but tra- what I'm yeah. saying is 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 to go back to what I'm saying about moving to a new club. Well, yeah, you would think day, he's going to give them. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great if you offer me thirty million to come play for your team. Well, if I say, well, am I going to get playing time? Eh, maybe. <laughs> well, okay. It's right. Do I want thirty million to sit on the bench? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> sign me up. I'll, yeah, I'll thirty million to the bench. Maybe, yeah. I mean. But of course, we're not that at, at that exactly. level. So different story. Absolutely. Uh, my pick to win the Premier League was Manchester United. They've been looking okay. They beat Hotspur one nil. They beat Villa one nil. So they're they're doing all right too. But uh, we'll we'll see if they if they hold true. I, I that's a team that I just see getting stronger and stronger as the season mm. progresses. They do, and they've seen some recent. Uh, some uh, recent success in Champions League play. That's right, Club Bruges. They beat three to one in their uh, in their first leg. That was at home. We'll see what happens on the twenty sixth when they are when they're. I believe that's a Belgium club, if I if I remember correctly. So that's the playoff round of the Champions League. We'll mm-hmm. see how they do in their second leg. But it's it's always nice going in with a two goal yes. lead. That absolutely makes a difference. All they say though, the two goal lead is the uh, the most dangerous lead in soccer. I think that's. In 90 minutes, I'm, I'm going to say it's different <laughs> when we're talking 180. Fair enough. I think that's, that's, that's true enough. Well, um, one other thing that happened in the Premier League that we want to touch on involves an American player. Uh, Tim Ream, the man that never plays for the men's national team, but he gets called up every time but doesn't ever see the field. Right, right. Uh, he has left Bolton, unfortunately, and he's now playing for Fulham. Yeah, so he's still in the he's still in the championship because, of course, that's where, where Fulham is, but he joins Fulham America as we like to call the team, Basically. with the amount of American players they have signed over there. It's nice to see one club at least have faith in the American player. But uh, it looked like he was going to be joining QPR, who had doubled their bid. Their first original bid was for £1 million, then they their £1 million, pounds, then they doubled it to £2 million. Pounds, and it looked like QPR was going to win the bidding war, but then Fulham came out and ended up wanting, uh, winning in the end for Tim Ream's services. Yeah. Four-year deal with an option for a fifth, so they're looking to keep Tim Ream long-term. And well, they they take a player from Bolton who's been Player of the Year two years running. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it was it was interesting that Fulham's manager had said, "You know, we're going to miss him, but we can fill his shoes." <laughs> I think if you're Ream, you're kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. You mean Bolton, not not Bolton. Fulham. I'm sorry, Bolton. Yeah. Yes, Bolton. Right. That's kind of um, yeah. What the but, heck? But you know, he moves to a place where, of course, Clint Dempsey Dempsey made a huge name yeah. for himself over there. Carlos Bocanegra, Brian McBride. He's got a pub named after him in the Fulham mm. Stadium. Uh, of course, Casey Keller played there as well. And he's in good company. He's very good company. Fulham. I, that's a team that, because of all the American players, it would be great to see them back in the Premier League. But they had some management issues there that after they fell to the championship, um, just made it really ugly over there. Yeah, and it's, that's kind of the case for some teams. If you are a traditional Premier League team, and then you do get relegated. You do kind of have a few years where you're like, okay, let's just take some time. Let's get our act together. Right. And then right. let's get back in the Premier League and be there for another 15, 20 years again. And I think we're at that point with Fulham and Bolton where they both are just like, you know what, we just need a little time away. We're going to get our act together and then come back with a stronger product and make it back to the Premier League, you know, this coming year, next year, however long it takes to rebuild their team. 
Now, speaking of transfers, Baxter, yes. Tim Ream, um, we got some MLS news. MLS rumors, at least, that uh, yeah. you brought to my attention. I so did. I'll let you introduce it. I did, yes. So from, from everything that we've heard and been able to dig up, it sounds like uh, the Chicago Fire are going to be one DP short, which seems to be a continued – I feel like that's a, that's a joke. Like, <laughs> right. It's got to be a joke because they can't sign Drogba. They can't sign – Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones. Uh, so they signed Sean Maloney. And now it sounds like Maloney is going back across the pond to play for Hull City. Yep. Again, also in the English Championship, they were a Premier League club for a couple of years going up and down there. Yep. Um, but you, you look at it, you think, Chicago Fire, why are you getting rid of this guy? But apparently... It was requested by Maloney for personal reasons. He was probably like, look, you guys are awful. I want to go play for a better team. I mean, I don't know if Hull City could beat Chicago Fire. Probably. I would think so. So I would, I In would that think regards, so. why would you not want to go play for the a second tier well, in one of the best you know, countries for soccer in the world? And on top of that, he's from Scotland, so he's going to be closer to home. Yep. Um, I'm just going to say it. Why... Why would you continue to play with a team struggling over in the U.S. Mm-hmm. if you can if you can make a parallel, if not a little better move, going closer move. to home and and uh, you know playing in the English Championship? Exactly, and from everything that we've heard in the bit that was uh, reported on MLSsoccer.com, and then from Oren Suarez uh, as well, or Sharwars, Sharwars, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, I should, but uh, he has confirmed on Twitter that uh, head coach uh, Frank Gallup confirms that Maloney's transfer to Hull City is all but done. So it's it's a good deal, and they're sorry to see Maloney go, but like you said, it, it makes sense. Maloney's 32. Uh, he started uh, well, each, all, all Yeah, every, he every, game. every game. Yeah, he's done okay. He scored three goals and has two assists, but I think if you're the fire, you're saying, look, let's – Get him. Let's get rid of him. Let's maybe get a new DP in. Maybe. Well, that's what you wonder. Is the, is there something big in the works that we don't know about with Chicago? But and is I'll, it? But it's outside the transfer season. How does that work? Well, you can still sign a player who perhaps is out of contract. Oh, free so, agent. I right. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense. Th- there's that. Otherwise, maybe they've been. You know, players with with the FIFA rules with the way they're set up is if you have six months left on your contract, you can start talking to other teams. So maybe mm. there's a player out there that the Fire are talking to already that they're planning on signing. Well, they probably they for the plan next... on not signing him because he'll probably end up in New York. Or <laughs> that's right. Maybe well, New England. But get... see, that's my point: is perhaps the Fire is actually laying low on this one rather than letting people know who they're talking to, so that somebody can't come in and under uh, under swipe them. Exactly, which would be unfortunate if it did end up happening again for them. Um, the Chicago Fire in the Eastern Conference, bottom of the table, twenty three points. Uh, they are, yeah, just dreadful. Six wins, 12 losses, five draws. They, they've they scored 27 goals total. They've conceded 34, which is surprising with Sean Johnson as their goalie, but you're only as good sometimes as the defense in front of you. That's right. That's so, right. There's only so much that Sean Johnson has literally stood on his head multiple times this year, but if you're not giving him good defensive production, there's only so much the guy can do. Yeah, um, you know, and and I'm just reading an article here in the Chicago Herald about Frankie Yellup did not want him to go. But, you know, he wouldn't talk money. He said they did okay on the deal, and at the end of the day, it's something that they had to do for Sean. Yeah. So it sounds like there was some big personal things going on for Sean Maloney. And, uh, again, give credit to Frankie Yellup for – and the club – 
for stepping in and saying, you know what, let's make this happen for you. Exactly. Life is bigger than soccer, believe it or not. Really? It's That's my philosophy. Fair enough. You know, I know there was the old Irish coach that said, uh, some people tell me that soccer is life and death. It's more important than that. Ah. <laughs> I, I don't see it that way. I but never yeah, will. No, I, I never mean, will. I'm, I'm close to that, but I, I wouldn't think I'm that far. Yes. So yes. we're going to take a break. When we come back, Simon and I have our new power rankings and the predictions for this upcoming week of MLS soccer. Then we'll close out the show with our I Believe segment as well. This is Two Up Front presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proban. Welcome back inside the studio. For those of you watching us on Periscope, hello and how do you do? We appreciate your listenership and viewership as well. For those of you listening to us live on Spreaker.com, awesome. Thank you so much. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You can tell your pets, I guess, if you want to. Some people, you know, some animals enjoy sure, listening to, sure. to talk radio. I know people that leave the TV on when they go to places. They leave the radio on. You never know what dogs can hear. Cats That's true. Hear. Cats are mischievous. <laughs> they, they probably have a whole, maybe they've got a better lineup than Jurgen Klinsmann does for, this, for the U.S. team, but... Anyway, I don't know why we went from that, but that's how it always <laughs> Trying happened. to figure that one out, too. But yeah, it's, that's all right. In my mind, it was awesome, and it came out, <laughs> and it just crashed like it normally does. But anyway, welcome back. We're so glad that you're listening. Remember, you can follow us on social media um, at 2 Up Front on Facebook, and then on Instagram and Twitter at 2 Up Front Soccer. He's at Simon Provan. I am at Baxter Colburn. We do our best to stay as active on social media as we can with our personal accounts, but most of what we do is done through the show accounts. So if you ever want to check out what's going on, Instagram, social media, uh, Twitter, and Facebook are the best ways to, to see what's going on with the show and then just the soccer world as a whole if we have a, a quick minute to, to speak about something that happened that we don't, ha- that we don't want to wait until the show to talk about. Right. Yeah, because so, we do this once a week. We do. It'd be awesome if... Uh, we had time to do it more than once a week, but we do it once a week, so that means we can't touch upon everything that we'd exactly. like to talk, touch upon over the last seven days. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We tend to communicate through there as well. Absolutely. We love hearing from you guys, and uh, we love just the, t- the continued growth of the show as a whole, and it helps by having awesome guests on the show. Earlier we had ESPN and Fox Sports, and the list goes on and on and on. We had Glenn Davis on the show earlier, soccer broadcaster, uh, Loved chatting with him. Simon got to interview him 
many moons ago, back when you were down in Houston. Doing Austin. Some stuff. Austin. Austin, I'm but sorry. I, yes, Austin. But, but Glenn is in Houston. Yes, he's, he's in Houston now. Base. You were in Austin. Uh, you got to interview him back in the day and while well, you were in grad school, and then we got a chance to speak with him for the first time on our show. And then Vavil USA's soccer editor Chris Blakely joined us as well to talk about the Seattle Sounders and the CONCACAF uh, Champions League play that has been taking place as well. So it's the part of the show, Simon, now where we offer our predictions for the upcoming week of Major League Soccer matches. And we start with your beloved Timbers. And that's who I'm picking. Coming right out of the gate. Fair enough. Portland against Houston. Um, Yeah, I got to go with Portland too. It's, it's in Portland. Yeah, and, uh, I like that. They, they've like been that. looking good. I, I could see Houston... Squeak out a win, to be honest with you. But, the dancing uh, bear, Will Bruin, maybe? Uh, Will Bruin, the, the team has been playing well, but uh, I'm I like still going with Portland. They're, oh. They have really uh, shored up their defense again. You mm-hmm. know, they, it was really tough in the beginning of the year. They kind of lost it there for a while, but watching these past couple of games, they, they look like they got their defense back. Yeah, and which Nap, is, which and is how, scary. How about Nat Borchers scoring that game-winning yeah. goal against RSL? He, he cried. Because he scored against this old club. Oh, really? And I know he was there for a number of years. I know that club still means a lot to him. It does. Um, but, yeah, he even during the interview at the end of the game on camera, he ended up breaking down in tears mm. because he actually felt bad that wow. he scored that game-winning goal against RSL. That's, How about that's that? passion right that there. That is passion. I did not know that. That's passion. I, I, that's cool to see that he has such a love, though, for RSL and everything that they've done for him. Yeah, and you know that he appreciates exactly where they appreciate exactly. what what they did for him. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the next game, Toronto FC in Orlando. This game's not on ESPN. Surprise, surprise. Orlando's <laughs> not on ESPN wow. or Fox Sports. How about that? Wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah, no, no, no they're not. Yeah, uh, New York is, but that's irrelevant. Anyway, Toronto and Orlando this week. I have got to go with Toronto. This is in Toronto. I don't like either team, honestly. Orlando has not been playing well. They've been playing horrible. Yeah, but it's Toronto they're playing against. I'm going to pick Orlando on this. That's okay. my that's my upset, if you can call it is that, an upset. Is that not really an upset. I feel like the next game is kind of a bigger upset. D.C. United and San Jose. Yeah, I I like San Jose. You do. I do, mainly because I don't hmm. like D.C. United. This is a tough <laughs> one for me. <laughs> well, you shouldn't. You're a Revs fan. Yeah, exactly. This is a tough one for me because I – San Jose, it's that constant team for me. Who are mm-hmm. they? Uh, you know what? I, I think you're right, though. No. no? I'm going to take D.C. Because okay. my gut said D.C., I'm going to pick D.C. Fair enough. Columbus and Sporting Kansas City. Sporting coming off a 5-0 spanking from the San Jose Earthquakes. They were tired, as we talked they about. Were. They just they looked very dead tired. tired. They had an Open Cup game. They had the game against Vancouver. Then, of course, the thrashing and against San Jose. And only a few more days you know, from this game is on Saturday, right, right? And they have only played. They've only got two days of rest, three days of rest. And yes, New York and Columbus drew in Columbus, uh, but Kamara lighting up the league. Who yeah. I, 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 we had a short discussion before the show. We'd actually have to uh, redact what we said about Giovinco yeah. being the MVP. You got to give it to Kamara right now because you look at where Columbus is in the standings. It's because of Kamara that they that they're staying alive. So my MVP vote will go to him. Nevertheless, I will also pick Columbus. Yeah, I was going with Columbus <laughs> as well. I was think I was singing "Staying Alive" in my head too. I was, <laughs> um, I was yeah. I didn't want to. I thought about hitting that high note, and I'm like, I'm just going to be quiet. It's probably <laughs> probably better for all listening parties. Uh, Montreal and Philly. Drogba making his debut. I like Montreal winning in his I, debut. I think I do too. Montreal is in the playoffs if they were to start today. Still blows right? my mind. They are wow. in sixth place in the wow. Eastern Conference for what that? that's worth. 
And it's funny because New York City, I feel like as much success as they have, as much as they go back and forth, they're still not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, though. They, they I mean, they They've started so out with... Back and yeah, forth. but the first 11 games, they had one win. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot you got to catch up on to that's try to true. overcome. That's absolutely true. I, they might still sneak in. We'll see what happens yeah. with that. But Montreal... It's the East, and I'm not saying that to, anything to, to, is to, possible be, in the East. to be mean, but it is the East, that's, and uh, this, they very well could. That's all you need to say is it's the East, because that's, that's that it. explains everything. Right. Chicago and Colorado, uh, I'm going to call a draw. On this uh, that's what I was going to do, too. See, you stole Whoa. my thunder this week. Whoa. So right. I'll take Chicago then, just so I don't call it draw. <laughs> Why Chicago? I'd take Colorado out of the two if I had to. Because it's Chicago. I got to give them some love. I just I can't give Colorado any love. I, I, mean, I can't give they, either you team know what? any love because Colorado fooled me. Fair enough. So I'm gonna hold it against them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like to hold. You think that I would? I would pick Chicago because I, I used to play for their academy down in Florida, but I just. No. Wow. I know. Listen, yeah. listen to this man pulling I'm so on. sorry. Yeah. Back when I was a young lad. No. Yeah. That was. No. I Maloney's leaving. They've got nothing. Uh, they, They've got nothing to celebrate about. Sean Johnson no, should play everywhere on the field. No, I don't think that. I'm not saying it's something to celebrate, but um, it's because of how bad Colorado is that I'm They're both Chicago. bad. Colorado is better. Chicago has shown moments. <laughs> what moments? Uh, you know, they score goals once in a while. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to leave it as a draw. I'm just going to walk <laughs> away from that one. Vancouver and FC Dallas. So, wait, wait, hold on, hold oh, on. Okay, watch. You're always giving me a hard time for picking <sighs> draws. You pick a draw. Because I don't like now, either team. Now you're giving me a hard time for not picking a draw. you got to make up your mind. <laughs> Why? That's no fun. I'd be too predictable if I did that. Anyway, uh, Vancouver anyway. and FC Dallas. Vancouver's got my pick in this one. Mine as well. Yeah? Yep. Just, yeah. 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 FC Dallas, they're doing all right, but Vancouver is white hot right now. Even though they lost to Sporting Kansas City, they're going to take that and they are going to just pound FC Dallas with that. Now, that revenge that they're looking to well, unleash. I don't, I don't think FC Dallas looked very good in their loss to L.A., to be honest no, with you. No, not at all. L.A. Had a, had a great time playing against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was a 2-1 game, but I don't think that score was it indicative re- of... It doesn't properly reflect it. Right. Absolutely. RSL in Seattle. We heard Chris Blakely talking about this earlier. It'll be a battle. RSL is just physical. They're just going to be physical with you every time. But they've also been terrible they this have. year. They've been terrible. Uh, Obafemi Martins is back for Seattle. Mm-hmm. We saw him tear it up with Two a couple goals. of goals. I'm going to take Se- I'm going to take Seattle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Simon is taking Seattle. That's honestly who I was going to choose as well. Um, I just I'm not buying RSL right now. They've got nobody to help produce goals. Yao Plata. No, Kyle Beckerman, Nick Romando. They need more Nick Romandos on the field, honestly, is yes. what they need. Yep. Uh, an interesting game, uh, L.A. and New York City. Why is that interesting? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of being a jerk to you tonight. I know you I are. have to apologize. Gosh, what did I do? <laughs> now, I, it's interesting because if there were ever a game that New York City F- FC wanted to have a tremendous coming out party against, it would be this game. Okay. I see how I see how that could be interesting. We've seen Poku continue to score oh, goals. Oh, he's been – yeah. He's Davin talk about Villa. coming out parties. Exactly. There you go. Andre Pirlo, they've all been playing Pirlo well. Pirlo played some defense this last yeah. game as well. He, <laughs> I saw him when he was playing. He had like his – it was like must have been raining. He had like his wet, like slicked back hair. I was like, you just look awesome no matter <laughs> what you're doing. I'm like you are the most interesting man in the world, I swear. Um, but then you play a, a red hot LA Galaxy. I, 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 they're playing Baxter. They're playing in Carson, 
And? And L.A. is, they're the hottest team in the league. <laughs> I know. I know. It's such an easy pick. It's L.A. That's why I'm taking New York. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Just because I want, that's my that's my upset pick of the week, which will make zero sense when I get to the power my power rankings later. But <laughs> anyway. That's all right. They haven't made sense for the past couple weeks. They usually so. don't. <laughs> Uh, looking forward uh, to next week. We're going to spill over to games all the way up until next Wednesday before our show airs. Um, our next show airs. DC United and Montego Bay United in uh, Champions League play. Yeah, that's easy. It's going to be DC. Yeah, I was going to go with them also. I don't know anything about Montego Bay. So I, was well, I know, I know they're from Jamaica, and I know they have a new head coach who used okay. to coach in MLS. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Show. yeah, that's that's what I know. Fair enough. That's all you. Need <laughs> I was to trying know. to add on to that, but that's what I know. Yeah, that's that's the more. The, yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, Chicago and the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls have been off for a while. Glad to see them back in action. Yeah, I'm picking the Red Bulls. Yeah, same here. I don't. I was gonna say if you pick Chicago, <laughs> I might have probably put my headset down and walked away. Honestly, Colorado and Houston. This is in Colorado, it so is. that could change things, but it won't. Picking no. Houston on yeah, this one. I've got Houston in this game too. It's getting to that point in the year where the picks are going to get. I think for us are going to get continually similar. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, because we know what to expect when you're expecting. I guess uh, Olympia versus Seattle. Yeah, I've got Olympia on this League. one. I mean, it's Do what you? Chris was talking about too. It's it, they're a tough club, and considering how that game ended. Uh, in Seattle against Olympia. But on top of that, they Seattle will not get any calls in their favor down in Honduras. Especially it down won't in Honduras. Happen. This is this is gonna be Olympia. What the heck is Fox Soccer Plus? That's the so channel it's that's, on. That's there's yes, one, there's two. Two and then there's Fox Soccer. So after they got rid of Fox Soccer Channel, yes. with Fox Soccer Channel, they had Fox Soccer Plus, which aired like championship games and, sure. and some of the, the lower leagues. Yeah. Um, for some reason, when they got rid of Fox Soccer Channel, they kept Fox Soccer Plus. I can't explain why, but that's what, what they I don't did. even know how I would find that game. It's you know I've got I've got uh, I've got well I don't know even know if I can legally say the provider that I have, but There's I have well, I have a provider I have a satellite a provider of, yes that provides that, many channels. For yeah, you. if I wanted that, I'd have to pay a top price, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm just not I'm about not that willing life. to do that. No, not at all. I'd love to because Fox Sports Two and Fox Soccer Plus has a lot of these Concacaf Champions League games, but you can just, just watch the highlights. Don't have it in the family budget. Exactly, and then the final game: Vancouver and Montreal in the uh, Canada. The Canadian Championship. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, going into this, it's 2-2. Vancouver has two away goals, and the away goals is the first tiebreaker. Yes. So if this ends in a draw in any fashion, is that right? I think so. No. No, it depends no, on how if many away goals are draw, then, then Montreal would end up winning. It's not going to be a 3-3 uh, draw. No, I think Vancouver's. I think Vancouver is going to represent... I agree. Uh, in the in the next, I'm fine with Champions that. League. Does Drogba play in this game? You think? Yes, if he's available. Yes, he plays. Montreal wants to get back in there. They they're, do. They're not going to be this year, but after coming so close against Club America, mm-hmm. they're going to want to get back to Champions League play. Fair enough. All right, Simon. Well, it is time for our new power rankings. Um, I will start this week. Um, my just on the outside team this week is the Red Bulls. They've been off a little bit. They've been trying to get back, and uh, I think that they they don't deserve to be in the top five at this moment. They were in my top five last week, but they are uh, just outside of for me this week. Do you have any outside looking ins this week at all? Uh, not 
Not really. No? No. Okay, understandable. No. I mean, it, it, every week it just depends. But I, New York, I wanted to give them a little consideration. Um, my that's, that's interesting that you had them in your top five. And then I pushed them out. Then you pushed them out. You'll see who my top five is okay. now. I've shuffled okay. around a little bit. Uh, my number five this week is Columbus. Uh, yes, they drew against uh, the Blues, or the Baby Blues, as you call them, the <laughs> NYCFC 2-2. But Kai Kamara, the, he's playing lights out soccer right now. Columbus as a whole is looking ter- uh, tremendous. Ethan Finley's playing really well. Uh, they are doing a great job, and that therefore uh, they they they've earned my fifth spot. All right. Well, I'm actually my fifth spot. You're gonna like this Baxter. Oh, maybe oh. you won't. I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be the New England Revolution. All right. They're on a four game unbeaten streak. Yes, I, don't, they I don't know are. if I essentially believe in them. You know, I had I had Columbus looking in. I had Houston at number five. Um, but you can't you can't draw with NYCFC mm. and Houston having a loss there uh, against I believe it was the Revolution. It was two zero. Um, you're you're not going to stay in my top five. So so FCD or uh, I'm sorry, New England Revolution end up That's your entering in well, my top five well for the, the first time this season. It's true, and the Revs actually make an appearance in my top five as well. They're number three in mine. Oh, they are. Okay, they are because right. of who they've beaten recently and their unbeaten win streak. So or the unbeaten streak right now. Okay, so who's your number four then? My number four uh, used to be a much higher ranked team. They are the the Blues of Sporting Kansas City. They have dropped all the way to four. Um, they had my heart. I, they were going to be my new number one this last week, and I get it. They were tired. But you don't lose to San Jose 5-0. You I, just don't. Yeah, yeah no, that does, does that not lost, help your case. I lost a lot of respect on a, for, for my power rankings for sure. them because of that. I was going to give them the number one spot this week because I was like, they are playing terrific. They came back from behind. They beat Vancouver. And then they just get, yeah, taught a new lesson of how to play soccer by San Jose. Yes, they retired. I get that for those of you that are yelling at me saying that they retired. Well, even still, you don't lose to San Jose. You don't lose. Right, right. So that's why they suffer in my power rankings. Well, uh, you know, FC Dallas actually suffered in mine. I'm I'm dropping them out completely. I told you that really? uh, wow. you know that they. I needed to see them play against LA to really determine things. Yes, and I and had them did. at number four, and they ended up losing. Um, FC's uh, out of mine as well. I'll tell you this: this may be a little bit of of my own club's love, but I have the Portland Timbers at number four. Fair enough. They've well, won. I've got the Revs at three. You've okay. got Portland yeah. four. So. You know. I, I could argue with myself and say, really, I should have New England at four and Portland at five. So it's kind of, kind of like last week how I had five and five B. It's Usually, yeah, that's. I feel like the one through three is pretty solid for us, but then yeah. four or five is always that that middle ground. We're not sure how good that team actually yeah, is. Yeah, and, and the reason I'm putting Portland above New England, and and you're going to look at me and go, "Are you serious?" They have three losses in their last thirteen games, so I am considering all of that. No, absolutely, um, but I, you know, I understand that the three game three game unbeaten streak, two game win streak, mm-hmm. and granted, they only beat RSL one nothing, but they have a tough time. Just like Chris was saying about Seattle, Portland has a tough time at Rio Tinto. Exactly. And to win the way they did, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's going to give you some extra love. So I've got Portland at number four. Absolutely. Well, I understand that. Well, I already revealed who my number three is with the Revs. Um, I think that because they beat Houston 2-0, Charlie Davies, Juan Agadella, Lee Wynn, the boys are all back in town, as it were, and they are actually starting to be consistent, which I haven't been able to say about New England <laughs> all season long, basically. They're starting to become consistent, whether or not it lasts, 
We have no idea. They come off a five-game losing streak, and then they've been unbeaten in their last four, getting three wins and a draw. New England, for me, they earn that third spot, and I would love it if they continue this form the remainder of the season and make another strong playoff push like they did last year. Sure. Well, my uh, my number three does not change, even though they had a loss. Okay. Um, they, if you look over there, I know I haven't said who it is yet. They, they lost 4-3 to, to Sporting on the well, 15th. Well, I know because I can see your screen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they... Before that, they were on a four-game unbeaten streak, a yep. four-nothing win, a three-nothing win, a three-one win. So if you look over, if I'm doing the math here, that's ten. That's thirteen goals in their last four games. That that lost against Sporting, that was against a great team. So I have kept the Vancouver Whitecaps as my number three. Hmm. And coincidentally, you made the argument for why Vancouver is my number two. Oh, all right. So Vancouver right. is my number two this week because of their just abundance of goals. Only the LA Galaxy have rivaled them in terms of how many goals have been scored as of late. It's so hard to debate against Vancouver. They're white hot, as I keep saying, because yes. they really are. Yes. Uh, did you say who your number? Oh, no. I alluded to it. Okay. I alluded to who it was. Yes. Do you? Who's your number two? My number two. I am keeping the Red Bulls at, at two. number two. So uh, I dropped them out of my. Well. Them, yeah. Which is interesting. The reason the reason I say that is, I mean, they had their last game was a three zero win. Yes, over Toronto FC, and I can't remember if we figured that into. Our, I don't remember. I don't think. No, we couldn't have. No, they. they, they yeah, they, I mean, they they played on Saturday. Yeah. So you know they they have that three zero win over TFC. England, yeah, I think that New York and Columbus for me it could rotate at five. But oh, interesting. It just kind interesting. Of They're like my five B. Yeah, I just man, you look at their. You look at their results, and granted, some of these are not against the best teams, but, I mean, they haven't lost in seven games. Wow. That's you impressive. And That's I, very impressive. And their, their, their unbeaten streak started with that 4-1 route of New England, you mm. know, so... And of course, they they continue to dominate New York City Hudson FC, City Derby, right? Um, Hudson River, Hudson, Hudson River Derby. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised they're not in your top five at all. That's yeah. all right. That's all right. I've got them as my number two. Fair enough. Well, my number one is the LA Galaxy, which I think is yours. It still is. It's okay. been number. It's I think LA's been my number one for the last. Three or four weeks. Three or four weeks, I'm pretty right. sure. Yeah, so L.A. stays the same for you. L.A. moves up in mine. They were number two. Yeah. And then had, I flipped them to number one. Had, They've earned it. You had FC Dallas above them. Yeah. After FCD, lo- FCD lost to L.A. Yeah. So I'm glad to see you. I came around. Yeah. I think. I don't know. The Galaxy just they're scoring way too many goals. I would love a, a Galaxy uh, white caps game. What I will say about L.A. that impresses me the most is so many times – you see these teams bring in new players in mm-hmm. the middle of the season, and that player has such a hard time gelling with the team. Yep. And the team has such a hard time gelling with that player. Yeah. But my goodness, everybody they add, it's like they've been playing together for yeah. 10 years. I love it, and I think that's why it's, it probably goes back to Bruce Arena, honestly. Absolutely. Stevie G's playing great in the middle. Um, Sebastian Legit. Legit. Yeah, Legit. 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 Yeah. He's legit. He is he's legit. legit. And then, quit. of course, Dos Santos. I Giovanni's mean, he's scoring goals. He's either getting a goal or an assist every single game. That's going to win Including Champions League That's going to win games right there, folks. All right, well, uh, our new power rankings are out. Let us know your thoughts about them. You can tell us uh, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn, at Two Up Front Soccer. Let us know your thoughts about it and anything else we talk about on the show. We're going to go to one more break. When we come back, we'll have our I Believe segments and wrap up the show. This is Two Up Front.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I am Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proban. Welcome inside the studio for the final time during this show. For those of you watching on Periscope, God bless you for still watching. We know it's not a lot the to look at. shapes on your screen. Yes, us wonderful individuals. For those of you that missed out earlier in the show, uh, we are very, very dark for some reason on our camera. Maybe it's my iPad. Maybe it's the lighting. I don't know. Either way, we look like we got awesome tans. So if <laughs> makes my nose look bigger, though. That's all right. That's a pretty big the, nose, wasn't, What's the rule? The camera always adds 10, 10 pounds? 10 pounds, yeah. Jeez, yeah. I could probably use 10 pounds, but <laughs> that's irrelevant, I guess. But anyway, welcome back inside the studio. Simon and I, we've had a great show. We chatted with Glenn Davis of ESPN and Fox Sports and uh, the Houston Dynamo earlier in the show, talking about his travels throughout the, the soccer world, the landscape, and his broadcasting he's done. Just an awesome story. Absolutely. just It was it was awesome as a young broadcaster as myself to hear how he's come up through the ranks, and it's very inspiring at the same time. And then we also chatted CONCACAF Champions League play and the Seattle Sounders with Vavil USA's soccer division editor Chris Blakely. And then our last segment, we offered our new power rankings and predictions for the upcoming week as well. So we're at that point in the show where Simon comes out and sings a silly song. No, just kidding. It's VeggieTales. I believe that we will win. You can sing a silly song to this song if you want. But it's our I Believe segment where Simon and I both come out and give I Believe statements about something that happens in the soccer world. For example, um, if I were to say, I believe that Bruce Arena will become the next U.S. Men's National Team coach. That's not what I'm actually saying, but... It's just an example. For you would you. like that to happen, though. I, I can tell. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my examples are usually, there's usually a shred of truth in my examples. Sure. You know, sure. Like, I believe that Two Up Front is the greatest soccer show ever. Well, that's pretty, that's, you know. <laughs> I start laughing right away. That's probably not a good thing. I know. Right? I was like, well, Simon, I thought you believed in the show. Wow. <laughs> We're looking for a new co-host uh, for anybody. <laughs> you don't have to have any soccer experience. No, it'd be nice. Anyway. So, Simon, uh, you get to go first, sir. What do you have for us? Well, it's it's pretty general. Okay. Uh, but, man, when I was a kid, I had always hoped for this type of day where stadiums are selling out, soccer stadiums are selling Actually, when I was a kid, I didn't even think about soccer stadiums. I just thought about stadiums in general, mm-hmm. you know, having having soccer games and football stadiums, baseball stadiums, and and believing that someday those would sell out. And, of course, Seattle gets very near to an actual full-fledged sellout of CenturyLink. Yeah. But for the fact that we have stadiums that have 20,000, 25,000 fans showing up every single week is amazing to me. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually funny. I'll get to my, I believe, but it's, it's funny that <laughs> I was gonna these, say, like, these people who complain about, yeah, you know, Portland only seats 20,000, uh, Sporting only seats 18,000. Only. Man, go back in the day mm-hmm. where the U.S. national team was getting – 4,000 people, 2,000 people to their games. Mm. To live in a day and age where you have soccer stadiums selling out weekend and week out, it blows my mind. Exactly. And, and I believe that within the next four or five years, we're going to see a lot of these MLS stadiums, like Toronto FC has done this year, going to have to expand their stadiums. Exactly, which is a beautiful thing. It's great to see soccer-specific stadiums expanding to accommodate. That means people are coming to games, that people are excited about the growth of Major League Soccer, and it's something that I've even experienced in the last 10 years. Orlando already has had to up the number of seats they're actually putting yeah. in their in their permanent stadium. They, what did I say, they already sold out next year's season tickets, which is crazy. And I think they, they ended up expanding by another... 5,000 seats or something so. yeah, around there? already sold out. People love it. Regardless of how good or bad they're playing, yeah. they've already sold out. People were so thirsty for a soccer team in Orlando, a, a, a real professional one, 
They've just loved it and embraced it. And it's interesting because what I'd love to see is the television ratings follow that. Yes. But soccer is such a sport about atmosphere. You have to be there. You have to be there. That's so kind of, I think that's similar to baseball. As people yeah. people yeah. just knock on baseball for how boring it is to watch on TV. You're in the stadium, totally different experience. Yeah. So not that I'm a huge baseball fan, but in my little bit of experience with baseball, that's what I've noticed especially. So my I believe this week, Simon, might surprise you. Um, I believe that Toronto FC, like you mentioned before, will not make the playoffs. Oh, all right. They will not right. be the Canadian team that makes the playoffs. I think that Montreal might actually make the playoffs, or New York City jumps up. It, it's, again, it's mind-boggling that how many number of years, well, since their existence, yeah. Toronto has not made the playoffs. and they. It's going to keep going this year. I, I agree with you, Baxter. I don't see it changing, and it should with the amount of money they're spending, with the players they're bringing in, it should. They don't At the like same time, together, though. when you overpay Josie Altidore and, and frankly, Michael Bradley, that's going to hamper your team, the rest exactly. of your team. you got to have enough money to go around to give everybody some love and to bring in a lot of quality players instead of one or two. Sporting Kansas City is a great example Amen of that. Amen to that one. Well, this has been another exciting edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Special thanks to Glenn Davis and Chris Blakely for coming on our show. Thank you to you that has been watching and listening to us on Periscope and you listening to us here on Sports Radio America. Remember, you can listen to us on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern on Live 365 and tune in. And then on demand anytime on iTunes, Spreaker. And on iHeartRadio as well. And then social media, Simon, where are we at? Facebook, we are 2UpFront. On Twitter, we are at 2UpFrontSoccer. We are also on Instagram at 2UpFrontSoccer. Of course, our personal tweets are from at Simon Provan and at Baxter Colburn. Yes, indeed. We love hearing from you. Let us know about anything we talked about during the show. If you agree with us or disagree with us, we love chatting about soccer, about the beautiful game from an American perspective, as we say here on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch our broadcast next week. I'm pretty sure it'll be on Thursday again. We'll let you know for sure, but uh, we will be talking to you all again next week with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities we're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across maryland and the greater washington region your health our experts safely caring for you schedule your care now learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe me 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 but also you the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.